time for VIC Weekend Sports Talk Shows. Leading off, we have Max Adams, Liam Spellman, and Tyler Purdy here on VIC Radio. Good morning, everyone. What's going on, guys? Good to be back in the studio. Liam, back for, uh, again, yeah, after just, last week's hiatus. Yep. Dean, Dean had to fill in for me, but uh, the boys are back. The boys are back. Well, we got a big day of college football today. Let's just jump into it. Red River game. Oklahoma, Texas. Yes, Oklahoma's ranked number six. Texas is 21. Um, today, I'm, uh, I'm picking Oklahoma in this, in this matchup. I'm picking, uh, obviously, a shootout like usual. I'm going to go 41 to 38. Um, Oklahoma, they won uh, two straight uh, against Texas, despite Oklahoma's struggles with the O-line. I think this is the game that Rattler is going to figure some things out and the whole offense is going to click. And um, I think Texas, uh, Casey Thompson is going to really going to have to put the game on his legs. Sam Ellinger last year or two years ago had uh, four rushing touchdowns against them, and that's when they beat them. So he's really going to have to put uh, the – he's going to have to be running the ball a lot more than he's passing. Yeah, uh, for me, I'm going to follow the trend with Purdy U, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Oklahoma. Um for me, this is going to be a big Spencer Rattler game. He, at least in my eyes, he hasn't kind of been – I feel like he's under underperformed a little bit. Um, I think coming in, he was the Heisman favorite, kind of one of the one of the top guys that was going to be the, the man this year. Um, and he's he really – I was looking at his stats. He really only had – has had one, like, really good game, but it was against Western Carolina. Like, it's not nothing really crazy. Uh, but I think the Red River game, like you said, the rivalry, it's a big game. They, they want to keep their hopes alive in the college playoff. Uh, so I'm, I'm thinking Spencer Rattler, I'm thinking he shows up here big, um, and I think Oklahoma's going to take this. I think a Big 12 shootout, a lot of scoring, uh, but I'm going, I'm going Oklahoma here over uh, number 21, Texas. Uh, so this is a big uh, Texas's back game. We always say that maybe one, once or yeah. twice a year uh, when they are ranked and facing another ranked opponent. And uh, I have been on record on this show saying that I'm not a Spencer Rattler believer, I'm not an Oklahoma believer. Um, and they were my they were my pick to get upset last week against Kansas State, and it broke my it broke my perfect streak. But uh, it 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 almost came true. And the last three weeks, Oklahoma's only won uh, by or they haven't won by more than twelve against all unranked opponents. Um, the the Longhorns, however, have have put up fifty <coughs> points a game since putting Casey Thompson in at the helmet QB. And I just based off of that, I I like Texas in this one. I like them to squeak out the upset. I think they have too much on both sides of the ball for Oklahoma to really keep up with, and they've been really lackluster so far. So I th- expect the Longhorns to smack them in the mouth, uh, 38-24. Yeah. Nice. Well, th- we got another game. Arkansas, number 13, uh, at so number 17, Ole Miss. Both teams coming off a big, uh, surprising loss from last week. Arkansas got, obviously got shut out by Georgia. Yeah, they got absolutely That was killed. very surprising. And Ole Miss maybe uh, didn't play up to everyone else's uh, th- thoughts that they were going to do because their offense really didn't do much against Alabama. Um, but in this matchup, I'm going to go Ole Miss right now, 35-24. Uh, to 24. Um, Arkansas is a running team at heart, so I think K.J. Jefferson is going to have to use his arm more than his legs to keep up with Matt Corral because this offense is ranked third in the nation uh, in yards. Uh, Matt Corral, is, um, he's hot right now. He's 70% passing right now, over 1,200 passing yards, 10 TDs, and zero interceptions. So give me our Ole Miss in this one. Yeah, I'm going to follow you here with this one. Uh, I mean, both teams – Arkansas, I think, was the more disappointing loss compared to last week because, I mean, uh, Ole Miss is playing Alabama. Always Alabama was a, like an NFL team in, in college football, but they they didn't really hold their own against them. But Arkansas just wasn't – it was a non-factor. It was, the game started and it was pretty much over. 
Um, but I think I'm, I really haven't been a big Arkansas fan. Even I think they were, were they eighth last year or last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they were in the top ten, and I just didn't really see that. And I guess they proved me right for one week because I mean they're playing Georgia, but still. Um, but I like I like Ole Miss here as well. I think Matt Carell, uh, he, I would say would, you say, would you guys say he's the Heisman favorite so far? I would say so, yeah. yeah. Are, favorite? I would say Bryce right now is the favorite. Uh, that's probably yeah, a good guess, yeah. Top two. I think top, yeah, okay. Yeah, top two. He'd but, beat you too. Yeah, and I think um, I think he has another good game. Rebounds uh, after coming, after this loss, and uh, I think Ole Miss takes this over Arkansas. Yeah, both these teams, as you guys said, are, are coming off a little bit of a wake-up call. I mean, we all expected Ole Miss to kind of compete in that game. Nobody, that, Not that many people expected Ole Miss to win that game, but in the manner in which it was done, it kind of came to a surprise to me as well as many others. And Arkansas just flat-out got punched in the mouth uh, last week. Anytime you get blown out 37 nothing, that's really a confidence derailer. <laughs> yeah. And uh, now with that being said, yeah, like Arkansas <laughs> looked like the way more dead of the team than the two. And uh, Arkansas facing two back-to-back really powerhouses in the SEC this year. I don't think that spells good news for them and Matt Corral and how good this offense can be. I think they take the Razorbacks um, and run them off the field. I, I would say 40-20 to 20 in this one. Well, probably the game of the week right here. Number four, Penn State at number three, Iowa. Both Big Ten matchups right now. They're, uh, uh, they're in Iowa for this one. And um, just like last year's Iowa's victory over Penn State, it's pretty dominant, 41-21. I don't think that much is going to change from this year. I got Iowa uh, 34 to 20. I think they're honestly going to dominate this whole game. That's my prediction. Um, so Sean Clifford just really has not impressed me that much. He has an interception in the last three games. I feel like the team is very reliant on Doxson, and uh, if he if he's not able to get open in the field, I feel like Clifford just doesn't really find anyone else on the field. Um, he is of such. He is very. Um, his completion percentage is all over the place um, against these uh, top ranked teams. Wisconsin, it was 54 and a half. Auburn, it was 87.5, which was a bright side. But then against Indiana, it was 51.5. Um, Iowa's defense going in um, is going to force uh, Clifford to make throws he's not comfortable with. Um, Iowa's intercepted 7.2% uh, of the passes so, f- um, so far in the nation, which is second in the nation. Um, and then listen to this about James Franklin, because I think this Penn State team is very overhyped. Um, for, and I don't really know why, because James Franklin is only 11-14 and 14 against top 25 teams, but he's 2-8 and eight against top 10. So like wow. I said, I, I got Iowa steamroll and Penn State in this one. Wow, that's a, I didn't even realize that. Um, I also have Iowa here. Uh, I don't know about a steamroll. I think it's going to be a low, I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I think both defenses Iowa, Iowa's defense is suffocating. They lead the lead the nation in takeaways uh, or interceptions and takeaways. Uh, I think they they had five last week, I think. Yeah, they bullied to his brother. Yeah. So I think <laughs> I think <laughs> I think Iowa um I mean b- f- both 5 and 0 teams. Sean Clifford like you said uh Purdy has been great. I think he throws a couple more turnovers this week. And I think it's not I don't think it's going to be a high scoring game. Uh, maybe like a 20, 21 to seventeen game, but I think Iowa. I think Iowa's going to take it, and they're going to create more turnovers, and that's going to be uh, the deciding factor in this victory for Iowa. Yeah, this game is going to be one in the trenches. This is this is a game that's a complete defensive shootout. It's going to be low scoring. It's going to be not a lot of high action, hard hitting, physical defense, um, and I, I think that's how both defenses uh, are picturing it going into this week as well. I think whoever makes the big play in the second half and really gets the ball down the field. Uh, will win this game, and I think that in this scenario will be Iowa just because Iowa has the better defense. They have the offensive weapons to match Penn State, and as you said, James Franklin rec- Franklin's re- record in this game kind of speaks for itself. So I took Iowa in this one 30, uh, 28-17. 
So, um, and then we got number two Georgia, uh, Georgia, <laughs> number two Georgia at number twenty-two Auburn. Um, I got Georgia winning this one pretty easily, um, thirty-five to, to, to seven. Um, Georgia, they've outscored um, their point differential is av- is yeah, out of this world. They're, it's one hundred and ninety-five to twenty. They're averaging their their defense is allowing four points per game. And honestly, based on stats alone, I honestly think this Georgia team should be ranked number one. I think they should be ranked over Alabama just on stats alone. They're they're two shutouts. They've scored over 37 points a game. Unreal. But anyways, back to the game. Um, I think Zymer White and James Cook, they're going to have a dominant win. They're going to get multiple touchdowns each. And uh, I, I don't think this should be that tough for Georgia. Yeah, uh, I don't really have much to say. You just hit the nail on the ca- on the head there. I have Georgia here as well. I mean, they shut out a top ten team last week in Arkansas, thirty seven zero. That's just it's wild. Like I remember looking at the score and I was like, geez, because I wasn't I wasn't watching because I was at the Wisconsin Michigan game last night. For those viewers out there, that why I was not here. Uh, Wisconsin is not good at football, but <laughs> that's that's another story. Uh, but. I do like Bo Nix. He's been playing a little better, but I just think Georgia's going to be way too much, and they're going to prove that, like you said, they, they could be the number one team in the nation um, if uh, versus like either it's either Alabama or Georgia. And I think that's the the clear cut to number uh, number one and two teams in the nation. Yeah, I don't have to really go too in depth with my analysis here to tell you that Georgia's probably going to win this one, and yep. it's going to be probably pretty easily. Uh, Auburn has been tested a couple times this season thus far and hasn't looked all that impressive. Bo Nix has not really lived up to the hype that we saw when he came in as a freshman. And Georgia has just stomped out anybody that uh, they've they've come across to this point in the season. The defense is probably one of the best in the nation. It doesn't matter who they have at quarterback, apparently. Uh, each quarterback that they've had in is completing over 70% of their passes. Uh, I just think it's uh, Georgia's too much for Auburn in this one. I got them 33-17. to uh, 17. Well, upset pick of the week. Liam, you are technically still undefeated, so yes. let's, uh, let, let's hear your, your upset pick All of the right. week. All right, I like that. Uh, we mentioned him earlier, but you know, we talked about Tua's brother, but I got Maryland over Ohio State this week. Wow. Don't love it. I, I don't love it at all, uh, but I've been hot, uh, so I'm going to ride with it. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think Maryland has the offense to stay with Ohio State, and I think – how do you how do you pronounce Tua's brother's name? After this week, I'm going to know how to pronounce it. He's going to have a great game, and Maryland is going to take down the Buckeyes. Maryland is my upset pick of the week. Uh, my upset pick of the week is staying in the Big Ten, but it is not Ohio State. I like Nebraska over Michigan this week. This is about the time of the year that we find out that Michigan isn't as for real as we all thought they were. Uh, watching them versus Wisconsin last week, I wasn't all that blown away. At one point or another, uh, Power 5 college football is going to force you to throw the ball. And with the Cornhuskers having one of the best air, air attacks in the country, uh, Cade McNamara is going to have to attempt to match it, and I don't think they'll be able to. Um, I'll take the Cornhuskers as my pick of the week, 38-32. Yeah, just a quick I, – I don't think Michigan – I think more Michigan Wisconsin game it was because Wisconsin is just not good. Yeah, Wisconsin can't do anything they can't offensively. Throw. Grant Mertz doesn't know how to find anybody yeah. down the field. No. He, he went to the hospital after the game, too. Yeah, I don't even yeah. know who their backup is. Yeah, he was not good. He, yeah, he picked a fumble and back-to-back possessions. Yeah, anytime you have a, a quarterback that didn't throw a touchdown pass the first four weeks and then somebody else comes in and they're worse. Yeah. That just scares uh, me. It's, Wisconsin yeah, is going down. Well, Max, we were we were thinking pretty similar right now. Um, I picked also Nebraska over Michigan. I got Nebraska winning 27-24 at a late touchdown or field goal, depending on what the score is going to the fourth qu- quarter. Um, Michigan is just yet to face an actual dual-threat quarterback like Adrian Martinez, so I think that's going to be very tough for them to try to figure out, keep him in the pocket, not letting him r- use his legs all, um, all too much. 
But uh, Nebraska has been kind of on the come up lately. I feel like people are kind of underlooking them. Uh, even though they are 3-3 three and three right now, but against the two high-ranked teams, number 6 Oklahoma, they only lost by 7, and then a number 11 Mich- Michigan State, they only lost by 3 in overtime. So I think Nebraska is finding their ident- identity right now, and they're going to pull up this upset this yeah. weekend. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Um, we let's, let's talk a little baseball before we get to a break. Um, the wild card. I mean, b- b- playoff baseball, how good is that? I mean— one of the best times. Of one the of year. the best times. I think you got March Madness and you got playoff baseball, and then you got like you got like Christmas. Like there's mm-hmm. there's not a lot of things that trump uh, playoff baseball. Um, I mean, first we got to talk about Red Sox Yankees wild card classic game, Fenway Park. Myself, Red Sox fan, Max, Yankees fan, Purdy. I, I would say you're, you're, you're the Yankees I'm guy. I'm not a big. Just, yeah, I, yeah I'm, I just I, I've been watching a little but, bit. But uh, but the boys of Fenway took took it to your Yankees, and uh, that was a fantastic game. Fenway was jumping, but the Red Sox. Garrett Cole just couldn't get it done. Yeah, two things I will say in defense of my Yankees, even though there's not a lot to defend right now. Luke Voigt, DJ LeMahieu were out. Severino just got back. Uh, we didn't really have a lot of time to really mix him back into the rotation and um, and put the lineup back out there that sl- swept the Red Sox at Fenway uh, the week prior. That and the Green Monster made this a lot less interesting <laughs> of a game than it would have been. I think that we would have been looking at a five to six score going into the ninth rather than well, a one to six Stan score. Stan would have had three home runs. Well, yep. I think he the the total feet of all the balls he hit were probably around six hundred, and he got yeah. two bases out of it. No, so yeah. the the one that he hit the the shortest amount of distance ended up being, ended the, up home being run. the home run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he hits the, the two on the Green Monster and says, "All right, I'm going to hit the up." He is he was scaring me every yeah. time he get up. I'm like, "Oh, back up!" Like. He, don't even just walk him. Yeah, I, he was so hot. What was your opinion on Cole Max? Like, do you think he he should have pitched to Devers that second time? Or do you think the walking him? They even try. He just threw him the ball. I just I didn't like what I saw from him the last two weeks of the season. I came into this game thinking that he was going to shove or look terrible like mm-hmm. he did, and he he just didn't deliver. We're paying him three hundred and twenty eight million dollars to come out in those games and really be the guy, be the focal point of the Yankees' spark. And he never really has lived up to that since we've signed him. Um, and there's a lot of guys that I think need to go in this offseason. Um, I don't think Garrett Cole is one of them, but I think there's at this point there's there's nothing to do but change the current climate that we have over there. Um, starting with Gary Sanchez, Chad Green, probably the two most unreliable people in baseball, um, and guys that just blow games on a consistent basis i think they we need to find a place for them andrew heaney i hope he doesn't come back ever um runa odor goodbye if your name isn't clay holmes jonathan loisica zach Britton, or earl chapman in the bullpen besides the two starters that we got it we put out there please leave uh i think aaron boone's time is up and i always defended boone because he's had he's had a lot of a lot of improvising to do with injuries the last few years and i kind of gave him the benefit of the doubt but at one point, I mean, we got to get out of the same place that we've been at the last five years. And uh, I would think about moving on from Brian Cashman as well. We have no prospects. We have uh, the, the scavenged remains of a bullpen that was once by far the best in the league that we keep needing to improve, and we don't touch it. We refuse to go out and get a third, fourth, and fifth starting pitcher, and we just somehow expect that magically Andrew Heaney and Jordan Montgomery are going to be the answers. I think we, it's just time for a change in New York. Yeah, no, you're very passionate. I love it. Now, what about a team with a, they, they pay a bunch of superstars, the Dodgers, just just squeezing away a victory Insane. over the Cardinals, Insane. walk off. What were you guys' opinions on that Dodger game? I, it was surprising because it was it was one to one for the whole game. It was, I mean, it wasn't it was nothing crazy was happening. It was just a solid. I mean, you had two good starters pitching. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but nothing with the, with the offensive power in this game. I thought it would be a little more high scoring, but I mean, in the end, how can you not like a walk off home run in a wild card game? Like winner take all. Like that was a lot of fun. Um, and it was, I, I was sitting with, I forget who I was sitting with, but they were like, like this. No, it was you. You were talking about how you want to see Albert Pujols walk off home run, and he just missed. Yep. Dead center, and then and then Taylor comes up a couple couple of bad bats later and goes yard for the walk off home run in the wild card. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, and I I didn't know what to think of that game coming into yeah. the week because St. Louis has been so hot, and Los Angeles has all these stars that you expect that they're just going to blow the roof off the place. I right. didn't know that Max Muncy actually was hurt Me going into that game, so that's a really weird kind of wrench in every everybody's like playoff predictions because that's a big part of that offense and it's just i don't think he's going to come back dislocated elbow yeah. as a as a like a power hitter right. i would think that would take a lot away from his swing but yeah that 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 game was interesting to watch i i've never seen so many three and two counts in my life it was insane like max scherzer had like seven himself but just in general there i i should have looked that up but there was it was Easily in the double digits, but it could have been like 20. Yeah. There were so many three and two counts. Every time I looked up, three and two count. Yeah, I think both pitchers had uh, like above 65 pitches coming into, I, I believe, like the fourth or fifth inning. Yeah. It was it was a bad pitch count game, but it's not like Scherzer or Wainwright were bad either. They It was a one-to-one ball game. Until people making good contact and, and good at-bats. Yes, yeah. but that was really everything you look to see from a winner-take-all postseason game in October, and that's that's what makes October so special. Couldn't agree more. Um, now we're gonna we're gonna get to a break real quick, and then uh, on the other side we're gonna talk uh, some NFL, and we're each gonna have a question to ask, and we'll see what the answer is gonna be. Hey yo, this is me, DJ K Billy with DJ Double G, bringing to you the listeners of the good old VIC, the super sounds of the cinema, and from 11 to midnight at the movies, we'll keep on trucking. The best music film history has to offer. From highlighting directors to showing off soundtracks and scores, At The Movies is the place for hearing the songs you love from the Silver Spring. But I know you've heard all this jazz already, so I'll wrap it up quick. Because as the great Roy Shatter once said, it's showtime, folks. Let's roll. Ladies and gentlemen, this is DJ K. Billy with DJ Double G, bringing to you the super sounds of the cinema here on At The Movies for the V.I.C. Stop by for the best music film history has to offer every Friday from 11 to midnight. back football Sunday coming up we got uh we got a bunch of games but uh first off I want to ask you guys a little question about uh but there's a lot of teams that's getting hyped <coughs> up going into this year and um out of all those teams what do you think was maybe being hyped up the the most and uh they just haven't really been doing that much um I think for me I don't know if this team was getting like hyped up but for me I I thought they were gonna be good they had a new change of uh like a position at quarterback uh, I'm gonna go with the Colts like I said, they're not. They weren't overhyped going in. I think they're just. They're always like a solid team, like a like a wild card playoff team, like a like a ten win team. Uh, but they're they're one and three right now. And I will say, their schedule has been tough. They played the Seahawks, Rams, Titans, and their lone win is against the Dolphins. So nothing easy. But I I don't know. I I've always been a Carson Wentz fan for some reason. I really don't know why. I just think I. I whatever game. I think it was a Monday night game when he made that crazy throw, like falling down and like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He he very athletic, and that, that year they would have he probably would have won an MVP, but he got hurt. I just kind of like appreciate him a little more, and I've always kind of followed him. But he's he's obviously been banged up a little bit. But I just thought the Colts would be better. They've losing Quentin Nelson's is is so hard. He's the best lineman in the game. 
Um, Jonathan Taylor hasn't been anything great either. The Colts have just been just been subpar. And for me, at least, I don't know. You guys probably Colts are not again. Like I said, not a high team coming in, but I thought they're gonna be a little better. Maybe like a maybe at least a two and two team or or three and one. Uh, but but they're not, and I'm curious to see how they rebound uh, this this week. So you take it away, Max. Yeah, you. I had two teams that uh, I that came to mind when uh, I saw this question. One of them was the Colts. The Colts had looked the the worst out of any team that made the playoffs last season, I would say, and they were supposed to be better coming into this year. Exactly. And they they can't decide who they want to run the ball. There's a line that we were so excited about can't protect Wentz. I know Quentin uh, Nelson is down. But nonetheless, I mean, he's still getting hit just as often as he was in Philadelphia, which is never something you want to see replicated because he got hit more than any other quarterback in the NFL for the last, like, four or five years. Uh, not to mention, uh, at one point in their games, uh, in all of their games, they had a chance to win it, and they couldn't get it done at crunch time. I don't really see this team competing down the stretch of the season right now as of what I've seen so far. And they, they just can't find a way to score points. Uh, they don't really have anybody that they can say is their go-to guy and most reliable and can really put points up on the board. We thought we were going to see that out of Jonathan Taylor, but for whatever reason, Frank Wright keeps taking carries away from with him uh, from yeah. with Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines. And I don't know I, why. At the end of the year last year, he was getting the ball like tw- twenty plus times and and performing at a high level. Right. I feel like it has something to do with the O line, like I was talking about, but. I couldn't really give you a for sure answer, but I don't like what I've seen from the Colts so far. And my, uh, in terms of non-playoff teams last year that we just flat out thought were going to be better teams, the New York Giants have looked like the worst team in football at points uh, yeah. this during this year. Uh, besides the Saints game last week, their offense. Uh, Dan Orlovsky, I saw, was talking uh, like the week before uh, they beat the Saints, and they might have the worst offensive scheme in the NFL. Jason Garrett is, I don't know why he's a coach in the NFL still. Yeah, Jason Garrett has done nothing but bring offenses down for the last decade or something or other like that, and he's continuing to do the same thing with a, a team that is just just cursed with weapons. They have weapons all over the field, and yet they still can't find a way. It is not that hard with four capable receivers, a guy that has glimpses of, of great showings in Daniel Jones, and then... the a top five back in the league, Saquon Barkley, it's not that hard to put up points on the board, and they just can't manage to do and, it. So. And they have a solid defense as well. At least they, in the in coming into the year, they did. And they just, I mean, they lost to the Falcons. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah, the, anytime you lose to the Falcons, there's cause for concern. But I, we thought that if it wasn't the Cowboys this year, it was probably going to be the Giants. And they have, East has is, fell flat NFC, again. NFC East, there's never back-to-back winner, right? I think it's like 15 or 16 years in a row that the division winner has never been the same team twice. Yeah. So yeah you, know, you never know what you're going to expect in that division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, for me, um, I'm going to go with the ti- the Tennessee Titans. They are 2-2 two and two, two, two and two right now, but I expected a lot more than them in these last couple games. I feel like Henry only had that one standout game where he had uh, like 140 rush, uh, rushing yards, two touchdowns. Um, but I expected more from this offense. They added Julio. He had that one good game against Seattle, um, and that was kind of it. And they were they both were just out for this previous week against the Jets, which they still lost to. And I don't think they should have lost to the Jets with Derrick Henry. I think you just pound the rock, and you and you find a way to win. If you're Ryan Tannehill and you're the Titans, you're Mike Rayroll, especially against a, a bad team in the New York Jets. I expected them to do a lot better than the Cardinals than what I thought they did. They allowed, I think it was seven sacks to – one man almost. But Taylor Lewan um, let up five himself. Yeah, to Chandler That's Jones, and then I think JJ got two. It was 
But uh, I think I think the Titans should be doing a lot more with their with that offense they have. I think on paper they they could definitely have a top five, top ten uh, offense just because you can spread the ball around so much and reduce. Well, you can go in one game and run the ball, and you can go into another game and pass the ball the entire time. And I think having like two systems like that and one offense can be so lethal. But I haven't really seen that much from them yet. Yeah, I like that. Um, so a question that I had uh, stemming from la- or coming from the Thursday night game was. Um, we all saw Russell Wilson's gruesome finger injury that looked less than comfortable, I would say, by by like a lot. Um, and we saw he's kind of got Drew Brees syndrome now um, with his with his injury a couple years ago and his broken thumb. So that leaves behind the Seahawks with a two and three record, and he is going to be out for what is reported to be six to eight weeks. So does the season now turn into a wash for a Seattle Seahawks team that has been? A, a playoff almost guarantee the last decade or so. Yeah, we always it's we just get used to the Seahawks and seeing the playoffs. They've always in the whole in every in the Russell Wilson era, I don't think they've missed the playoffs once. They've they actually I don't think they have I don't either. think they have. They're a perennial Seahawks team that always Pete Carroll and, and Russell Wilson have been the guys. Uh but I I would have to six to eight weeks is a lot, especially we're already in week four. Mm-hmm. So you t- you said a wash, I I think it is. I think they you I, I don't see a Geno Smith team in the playoffs. Like right. I don't know, what the, they're two and two, right? The Seahawks two, uh, two and three now. Two and three now, right after Thursday. And I just, I don't know. I mean, they got the talent still on the outside with DK and, and Lockett. Um, Chris Carson didn't play last week, but he's still a very capable running back in this league. But they just they don't have their leader. They don't have their guy. And Russell Wilson has been an MVP candidate f- for the last five six years. And without their leader, without the Seahawks. I don't see them going really much, and I see them maybe winning a couple more games. But they might, you might see a six, six and ten team, or six and eleven with the extra game. Mm-hmm. I really don't see them making the playoffs. Or I mean, yeah. in a division like the NFC West, it's hard to get wins anyway. Right, so exactly. I'm gonna have to say the season's a wash, but I did like what I saw from Geno Smith for the most part. You know, I feel like him throwing that late, late interception. I feel like everyone knew it was gonna happen. I feel like all backup quarterbacks come in the game late and always throw an interception. But I like what I saw before that. He was leading the team down the field. I think they can definitely get some wins. I think they can maybe end the year with six to eight wins, but is that enough to make the playoffs? Definitely not in that division. And the NFC is too strong to make a wild card push with eight wins. Mm-hmm. So I think unfortunately the Seahawks are uh not making the playoffs this year. Yeah, I, I think I'm on board with the rest of you guys. As you said, the NFC West um, is a hard hard division to get wins as it is. And Russell Wilson, we've kind of been low on the Seahawks in early uh, projections the last couple years just because of what they've lost on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and then they they kind of went a couple years before DK Metcalf came into the scene where they didn't really have a certified weapon in the passing offense. They were just relying on Russell Wilson to carry them. And they don't really have their Superman anymore. So to expect Geno Smith to... Um, lead this team to a playoff push and fill Russell Wilson's shoes, I think, is very unrealistic. Um, unless they go out and sign a Cam Newton trade for a Drew Locke, mm-hmm. I, I don't see... It. They could really move forward and act like they're they're tanking to get draft picks at this point. I think they can move forward towards that, fill the holes they have in on that defense that has looked very, very bad the last two, three years or so since the Legion of Boom departed. Um, I think that you can use this year to really build for next year, and I think next year this team is going to look very, very scary if they do that. But I don't know if Pete Carroll can let himself find find uh, find 
a season that's a wash. I, I don't think Pete Carroll has that in him to be like, I don't want to go out there and win football games. This doesn't matter to me because ever since he's he's been in the NFL, the Seahawks have competed even before Russell Wilson got there a couple years prior um, or a couple years after Pete Carroll got there. So I, I think it's interesting, but I do think the season is a wash. I don't think they're going to be looking to, to make any moves. And in the NFC West where all four teams had a chance to make the playoffs coming in uh, coming into the year with Russell Wilson out, I just don't see it now. Yeah, I'm glad you actually brought up uh, Pete Carroll because he's he's been a winner everywhere he goes. Um, and I, yeah, I don't think he has that mentality. Mm-hmm. Even when they they had a losing record, I think they they made the playoffs that one year. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just yeah, he's always there. And Pete Carroll is, he's one of the best coaches in, in, in the league. Um, sticking with the NFL, my question uh, more to focus on the players. So my question to you is, what NFL player has most impressed you this season so far? Party, uh, why don't you go first? All right. Well, I got a nice offensive and a defensive player because I couldn't really choose between the two. I'll start off with offense. Got to go with my guy Joe Burrow. He's playing lights out right now. Their team is 3-1. and one. Um, They are tied for first in the division right now with the Ravens, which is fantastic. Oh, and the Browns, actually. Pittsburgh is in last. But uh, uh, a comeback victory against the Jaguars. I know it's the Jaguars, but still impressive. Laid down the late, um, late drive on Thursday Night Football. Got the Vikings in week one. They beat up on the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Beat up on the Steelers. Mm-hmm. And almost pulled out a victory against the Bears. It was definitely a close game. I'm liking what I'm seeing from the Bengals. I'm liking him use all of his option on, options on that offense. And uh, I'm liking the future for Joey B. And on defense, I got to go with Trayvon Diggs on cornerback uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. He's making this defense into a top 10 defense in the league. Five interceptions in four games. It speaks for itself. This The whole defense is playing uh, fantastic. Micah Parsons is balling out. Uh, Jalen Smith, surprised about that release, going to your team package. I love we'll it. See where the defense goes. Yeah. But uh, like, like I said, I think Trayvon Diggs is playing fantastic corner right now for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought up Tra- Trayvon Diggs. He's catching the ball as well as Stephon Diggs right now, which is you know very hard to do as a corner. He kind of reminds me last year of Xavier uh, Howard, how he came onto the scene just causing turnovers all over the field, and we didn't really see him as one of those top five corners in the league, and now he's all over the field uh, causing havoc in the secondary and making quarterbacks look really bad. But um, besides him, I had Sam Darnold, DJ Moore, and me and Tyler's boy, Ty- Taylor Heineke, have all balled out in, in this year in a way that we haven't seen them in years prior, and it's leading their team to excess. But I think above all, Derek Carr has shown that we need to put some respect on his name. Uh, second in passing yards, completing 65% of his passes, leading his team to two unexpected wins. And even when they looked rough on Monday night, he found a way to surge his team back in the second half. People have seemingly forgotten that this guy was an injury away from being a former MVP. And since the Raiders haven't been a real contender since John Gruden came back into the picture, he's kind of slipped through the cracks of a real uh, of the real elite QB conversations. But his play this year kind of reminds me of Matt Stafford in his middle years in Detroit. A damn good uh, QB with a lot on his res- resume, but nothing really to show for it. And now in the early part of the season, he's put himself in that conversation and then some. And I think we got to look out for him, especially if the Raiders come down the stretch as a playoff team, as a real consideration for MVP candidate again. Um, obviously, uh, injuries aside, hopefully. The Raiders, I really, li- I had them fifth in my power rankings last week. I'd really loved what I've seen from them so far. Their defense looks great. Derek Carr is slicing up all the defenses that he's he's playing right now, and I don't expect that to change. Yeah, no, I agree. I was I was looking at Derek Carr a lot. Um, always been a fan of him, and he's and I love that he's playing well. Uh, for me, uh, a guy you just mentioned actually, uh, Sam Darnold. Um, I, I think you just need to get out of 
out of New York. I think he's very talented. As Adam, most NFL players do. I mean, Adam Gase might be the worst coach ever. I mean, every, Have you seen the stats with any with any quarterback linked up with him the season after or the season of? Career year. Career like, after. The, the year of, they, they're yeah. awful. He's, yeah. He yeah. shouldn't have a job anywhere. No. anywhere. The most credibility he has with a QB is Peyton Manning giving him a word in for the Jets job. He didn't even play for him. All his quarterbacks that, that has played for him has been awful, but Peyton Manning was like, oh, this guy's all right. Yeah, so uh, Sam Brown's proven that he was he's a very good quarterback in this league. I mean, he's three. The, the, the four games he's played, they're 3-1. The Panthers are 3-1. That's impressive in and of itself. They have played the Jets, the Saints, and the Texans, so it's not huge wins, and their lone losses to the Cowboys in a shootout. But I like what I've seen. Three 300-yard-plus games. He leads the league in rushing touchdowns with five. It's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. And he's he's throwing his seventh in, pa- in passing yards. I just really like what I'm seeing. And the Panthers, Panthers got a nice offense. I know McCaffrey's been banged up. I think he's out this week. Um, but DJ, DJ Moore has been an animal. I, lo- I thought Absolutely. I thought he, I, I thought he would be another 1,000-yard receiver like he did last year. But I thought Robbie Anderson was going to kind of step up and be the number one. Sam Darwin and him in, the, in New York were had a nice connection. But DJ Moore's took with that number one job and ran with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Panthers, I, I like the Panthers as an offensive team. The defense is, defense is actually pretty good, too. Who they just signed? They just signed Stephon Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore, Gilmore. Yeah. yeah. The Panthers, I'm curious to see them against First a little, round pick. Yeah, against better competition, but I like what I've seen, and Sam Darnold has kind of been my breakout player uh, that I have to go with for this question. Well, going into Sunday, we got a bunch of games. Max, how, how about you start us off with your team? The 49, 49ers at the Cardinals in Arizona. Trey Lance, baby. What yeah. do you think? Uh, the Trey area has arrived. I am so stoked for this game. I can't wait to watch a full game of Trey Lance. This is what I've been waiting for since April. I was very big on Trey Lance going into that draft. I was someone that said that he's the best quarterback in that draft, uh, not named Trevor Lawrence. And um, I Trevor Lawrence hasn't looked all that spectacular so far, so he could very well be the best. Out of that class, he. Um, I was talking to. I, I forget who I was talking to, but I was talking to a couple, a couple of my buddies this week about uh, about Trey Lance and who he kind of reminds me of. And it was a guy that that used to be in San Fran, uh, Colin Kaepernick at his peak, and uh, Trey Lance uh, looked very similar. Uh, can run whenever they want, uh, whenever they need to, but can still get the ball down the field, have a rocket arm, struggle with accuracy issues here and there, but could really, they have they have the arm, they have all the tools, they just have to put it all together. And I think Kyle Shanahan has been salivating for this moment to try to try to get him incorporated in the offense. That's why you've seen him in a couple packages here and there before his, his start this week. Um, and I took the 49ers in this one just on the sole purpose that I would love to see Trey Lance come out in his first start in a big situation against the last undefeated team and run with the best offense in the league. Um, that in the running game, I think, is going to be back this week at full health, with the exception of Raheem Mostert, which I'm excited about. Um, Josh Norman comes back from injury this week. Emmanuel Mosley in the secondary has played very well. And I think they're going to run with the Cardinals uh, after two two straight tough losses. Yeah. Uh, no, I, the Trey Lance, it was only a matter of time before Trey Lance came. I, it's I. I feel like every time there's a rookie quarterback, every time. The, the starter always gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Always. Like you saw that with um, Brissett. No, Tyrod Taylor. Has a pump. That's Tyra, like a lung the problem. Doctor, the doctor. Oh, my. I don't even want to like think about even, that. That's like stuff like so that. Bad. Always. There's always the rookie quarterback just somehow gets in. Any dog getting hurt this year and bringing fields in. Like, yeah. Always stuff like that. Tyrod Taylor is the poster child for Literally. that. Um, so, for me, I went with the cards, the Cardinals still. Um, I just think their offense is is, is – it's – overpowering um it's, and it's tough for a rookie quarterback your first start to come into a 
game um, against a 4-0 team. I did like what I saw from when he came in. Him and D- dude, Debo Samuel. We, we should have mentioned him in most of Oh, yeah. He has been he, he's been one of the top receivers in the game so far. And I thought it was going to be Brandon Ayuk. Mm-hmm. That was going to be the man over there. But He's he, arguably the most disappointing, yeah. one of the more disappointing players and this Debo, year. Debo Samuel is probably one of the more impressive guys. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the Cardinals, I think that offense, Kyler Murray is going to show out. And I, I just think the Cardinals are going to be too much. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think in high 30s, like 35 to 28 maybe, 35-21 or 31. But I think the Cardinals going to be too much and get this victory. See, I actually think it's going to be a relatively low-scoring game. Really? I think the 49ers are going to hold the Cardinals for the first time under 30 points. I mm. do have the Cardinals winning 27-17. to 17. I see I see, the, I see the 49ers having some good strides. I do see Trey Lance making it. Maybe, not even maybe a couple mistakes, just they're just not clicking, which mm-hmm. is not a problem. It's, it's the first, first start against a 4-0 team like the Cardinals with the outstanding offense. The Cardinals have so many intangibles all over that offense where the 49ers, I think, are going to have some trouble keeping up with. And if, if it turns out to a shootout, I'm going to have to put my money on Kyler over Trey Lance. Simple as that. But uh, Sunday Night Football, uh, rematch of the AFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the Bills at the Chiefs in Kansas City. I got the Chiefs this one, 34-31. Late night dri- uh, it's going to be a late drive to win it, win it. I think Mahomes in the fourth quarter is going to get the ball, drive down the field, and win this game. Show everyone why the Chiefs are the Chiefs because they haven't really shown that shown that lately. Is their defense is struggling a lot, especially with a team like Bills that's been putting up thirty or more points a game. But um, just Josh Allen against the Chiefs is he's owned to. Uh, he's only played two games against someone that was last year. So last year was owned to. He only had a fifty-five uh, completion percentage, four hundred nine passing yards, and he had a forty-two t- uh, touchdown interception ratio. Meanwhile, Mahomes seventy-eight uh, percentage. Um, passing 50, 550 pass yards, five TDs, no interceptions. I love the Chiefs at home. Sunday night football. Give me the Chiefs. Yeah, uh, this one, this game is so tough just because you, you know how the expression goes, the hungry dog runs faster. And uh, in the AFC Championship last year, the Bills kind of got ran off the field. Uh, it was a very non-competitive game for an AFC Championship game. And the the Bills are probably going to come out in this game pretty hungry, and especially uh, since the Chiefs have been struggling or kind of mid at this point in the year, uh, I think they that's something that the Bills can take advantage of, uh, especially coming off of last week where their offense looked incredible. Uh, but at the end of the day, the Chiefs are the Chiefs. Um, I, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be too much, and we've kind of been waiting for this team to show what we've seen from them the last, like, two, three years, this that explosion on offense every week. Um, and they're, they're still putting up 30-plus points, but their defense is giving up 30-plus more. So <laughs> they they need – I think a, a couple stops are needed down the stretch for the Chiefs to win this game, but I do think their offense uh, dials it in in this one and gets it done. I took the Bills here. I – I have Josh. The Bills have looked great. They're shutting out the last two games, uh, scoring thirty plus. And Josh Allen, this is this is the game where he's gonna. And he already has proved that he's a top quarterback in the league, but he hasn't got the best of Mahomes yet. And I think, I think you talked about hungry dog runs faster. Like I think Josh Allen's just gonna he's gonna will his way. He's one of those. I could see like one of those late game rushing touchdowns where he just like dodges off one guy and lays in. Like I'm a big Josh Allen fan. And Mahomes, the Chiefs, like you said, both of you guys said they haven't really looked like the Chiefs of late. Uh, something doesn't re- sit right with me at, at their two and two, uh, five hundred team, and with this loss, they can be two and three. But so I don't, mm. I don't know if that's actually going to happen. But if a team is going to make that happen, it, it's Buffalo. I mean, these are the top two teams in the AFC. 
two of the top quarterbacks in the league. Mm-hmm. The matchup was perfect. The last two Sunday night games have been excellent. Oh, I was la- obviously last week uh, with Brady going back to to uh, Foxborough, and then this game, like, well done Sunday night football. Um, and All then, the night games. All the night games have been fantastic. Yeah, la- yeah. last week the games were, were tremendous. Yeah, and uh, the Thursday night game this week was great. The Monday Monday's Colts. Colts, 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 Ravens, Ravens. Oh, Ravens yeah. Yeah. So a lot of good games this week, uh, and this game I think is going to be the pinnacle of that. Uh, and I think the Bills, I think they're going to get the best of the Chiefs this week. Yeah, you said it though. Uh, I, I can't see that. That was the reason that I took the two Chiefs. Three, as, right? I can't. I can't yeah. think of the Chiefs as a two and three team. It's I just I, I can't get that through it's, my brain. It's unfathomable. I think, I think they're, they're the last in the division right now. That's even yeah. weirder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, over the Bron- the Broncos are in the Raiders Broncos are in that are division. Raiders. It's just very confusing. I'm very confused. Well, Monday Night Football, like we said, the Colts are at the Ravens. I, I actually don't think this will be a good, that good of a game. I think the Ravens are going to pretty easily take down the Colts. Uh, like we said earlier, they were not impressed. they're not impressing anyone this year. I got the Ravens winning 31-17. Uh, Ravens are averaging 165 rush yards a game. Colts have been allowing over 100 a game. I think it's a matchup nightmare for the Colts. So much speed on the Ravens' side, I think. Uh, big game for uh, Marquise Brown and uh, Mark Andrews. And um, I think the I think the Colts will generate pressure. They have a great front seven, but Lamar has been playing out of this world, possibly better than his MVP season, just based on the way he's uh, just running this whole team. I think mm-hmm. everything's clicking right now for the Ravens. I got them winning pretty pretty easily. Yeah, I don't think enough is being made about Lamar's uh, improvement as a passer. Uh, we saw him put up a three fifteen uh, game a few weeks ago. He went on Sunday night. And threw the ball all, all over the Chiefs, which is something that he doesn't so often do against a team like that. That's some. That's a game that you see him kind of win with his legs more than his arm. In that game, he did both, and he he has looked like his MVP self, and has kind of replenished that those efforts and then some. Um, and I did take the Ravens in this one. Uh, I think it's going to be relatively low scoring though. Um, the, the Carson Wentz is still working with two sprained ankles, which I don't really know how you physically do. <laughs> But he's he's making it work. Uh, but that offense can't put up points on the board. And the Colts do have a very good defense at the end of the day. I don't think they've allowed a 30-point game this season, and I don't think that changes here. Um, but the Ravens are just too much at the end of the day for them. Yeah, I really wanted to take the Colts here. Uh, but like you said, the Ravens, Lamar, Lamar I mean, the rushing game uh, for the Ravens just, I don't know how you can guard, or not guard, it's not, it's not basketball. I don't know how you can defend Lamar Jackson. Like the read option, the RPOs, everything. Mm-hmm. Like it's so hard. I don't know how defenses scheme against that. Um, but the Ravens, yeah, the offensive power is going to be too too much. And the Colts, like you said, I don't think they can put enough points. Uh, I think I think the, Ra- the Ravens win by double digits. But but I hope the Colts make it close. Maybe, just feed the ball, Jonathan Taylor. I mean, give, give it to him, Frank. Right? Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Like, he's the best player on your team, probably on the offensive side. And if they're going to win this game, it would be on the back of him. But I think Lamar is going to he be too much, and the Ravens take this against the Colts. Now, well, we got the the Cleveland Browns at the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, I got the Browns win this one, twenty four to twenty. Um, it's, I think it's gonna be a close game, low scoring. Uh, this Browns defense is playing insane. Um, the, you saw what they did to Justin Fields. He had nothing. He couldn't yeah. do anything against that defense. Forty seven t- yards of total offense. First yeah. NFL start. Like, ugh. that's just that's just tough. I I think Baker. Um, I think he knows exactly what he's doing in this offense. I think. People think maybe he's such a guy that loves he loves to celebrate. He loves all this stuff, but he's not he's not flashy. He's not cocky really. I think more than more than meets the eye. I mean, he's completely okay with throwing the ball for 150 yards, 10 10 for 14 and feeding the two running backs because <laughs> that's what I think they're going to do in this game. The Chargers are allowed um at least a running back for over 90 yards every game so far this year and they got two running backs that can go get 90. Um like we said the Browns defense is just playing 
fantastic, and um, yeah, I got the Browns. Yeah, the Chargers have played fantastic to this point in the season. I think they look very scary, especially during James back on that defense and Justin Herbert uh, really displaying what we all saw from him last year and his ability to keep up that pace. But the Browns are the more complete team in this in this matchup. Their defense has raised havoc from day one, um, and I think that's another team that hasn't allowed a 30-point game yet. The 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 Browns games are always relatively low scoring. They always run the clock. They always hold the the opposing offense to not a lot of yards. They don't let them get the, uh, get the ball in the end zone that often. And uh, that like I said, the offense can run the clock with those two running backs all day. And Baker has uh, made relatively good decisions in the passing game to this point in the year, not forcing balls into into double coverages like we've seen in years past, and him really turning the ball over on a consistent basis. So, yeah, I got the Browns in this one. Um, I think it's going to be kind of a mid-scoring game, maybe a 28-24 kind of game. But I, I think the this uh, this we'll really see what this defense is made of after this week. Yeah, um, I actually went the Chargers here. Um, like like you guys said, the Browns, you know exactly what you're going to get. They're going to feed their two two head monsters in Chubb and Hunt, um, and they're going to get the ball. They're going to manage the game. And Herbert might not get the ball a lot because they're going to be he's going to be on the sideline a lot because the Browns just hand the ball off. But I think when he's on the field, he takes advantage of that. They've he he, he looks great. He's one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. And Austin Eckler's I love Austin Eckler. Mm-hmm. He he is an absolute weapon. He loves fantasy football, so you got to prop prop out show it to him. <laughs> but Keenan Allen's been surprising. It it's kind of been more the Mike Williams show, which has been surprising. Um, but the Chargers' offense as a whole is great. I think they they take advantage of the time that they're out in the field, and they get this win. I think Baker Baker's not like I said. Baker, he doesn't have to do much. Um, and I'm actually really glad you brought that up. He's always been like a showy guy, especially in college. Mm-hmm. But I I don't never hear about him in the news anymore because it's just always he's doing his it's, job. It's always running he's backs. I actually appreciate that a three and one that he knows exactly what he's going to do. Uh, but for this game, I like I liked Herbert uh, again the edge over Mayfield here, and I, I like the Chargers here in, in a matchup of two three and one teams. Well, we got your team, yes yeah. sir. The Packers at the Bengals in Cincinnati. What do you think is going to happen? I don't really like this game. Uh, the Bengals are the Bengals are good. The Bengals are good. I, I keep seeing all these updates. Oh, Packers on upset watch. And like, yeah, I, I love Burrow. Love you talked about him and uh, one of your questions that one of the most impressive guys coming in. And I mean, they're past T Higgins is going to play this week, so that's another weapon outside. But the thing, uh, obviously, obviously, I'm taking the Packers. Come on, come on. Uh, but it's going to be a close game. Joe Mixon, I believe he's not. Definitely out yet, but he's questionable and hasn't practiced all week, and that's gonna be a factor. So I think the Bengals are just gonna gunsling and Jair Alexander. He's not playing this week, so that's he's the be- he's one of the be- he is the best corner on the team. One of the he's actually not been one of the best in the league. He's kind of he's still Jair Alexander, but the Bengals have a great offensive attack. I think this is a high scoring game. I think oh, abs- yeah. absolutely oh, yeah. could be in the forties, but I think the thirties absolutely. Rodgers and Devontae are gonna be too much. Aaron Jones is going to get the ball a lot, and I got the Packers edging them out of the Bengals, but I think it's going to be a very good game, and I'm excited to watch. Yeah, I'm very excited to watch this game as well because if the Bengals take this game, we're going to really have to start taking them seriously as far as, I mean, the Steel- as taking the Steelers' place in that division and potentially making a playoff push. I've loved what I've seen from Joe Burrow other than the Chicago game where he threw three straight interceptions on three straight throws because, I mean, who loves to see that? <laughs> uh, but... I took the Packers in this one just on what I know about football. Uh, what I know about football is that the 
the Bengals are never a team that can get on top and and really push Aaron Rodgers to the point where he's going to lose. And it, him and Devontae have this connection, and that is probably one of the best in football. And Cincinnati does not have a defense that can compete with, with that offense in the slightest. Now, I would love to be surprised. I would love to see the Bengals win this game because, the I, you know, underdog story, Joe Burrow coming back off an injury. Love to see it. Love to see Joe Burrow back in playoff contention again, smoking cigars, having fun on the <laughs> sideline. But, um, but like I said, based on everything I know about football, I took the Packers in this game. Yeah, you guys summed it up pretty well. I mean, I, I'd pick the Packers, obviously. I would love to see an upset or or close game shootout, maybe late night drive, uh, late uh, last second drive. But um, I got the Packers actually winning pretty easily, very high scoring, thirty eight to twenty seven. I think they're going nice. to put up points, yeah. mm-hmm. points. Aaron Rodgers guaranteed is scoring on the first drive when he touches the football. I think they're actually going to get it. I think they're going to score every time they touch the football, <laughs> whether it's a field goal or a touchdown. No one's covering number seventeen. Yeah. That no one is covering him. And he's going to have over 100 yards. The Bengals have allowed at least an 80-yard receiver every game. I think Big Bob Tunyon, this is the game he's going to break out, have that fantasy game that he used to have almost every game last yeah. year. Had kind of been on the low this year. I think this is a game, I'm thinking Big Bob Tunyon gets two touchdowns this there game. That's my prediction. Packers 38-27. Uh, to 27. All right. Uh, we're going to get a, one more break to end the show, and then we're going to hit on the other fantasy side. Football. Fantasy football. I'm getting ice skates. I'm getting a jigsaw puzzle. I'm getting dying coral reefs. A blue bicycle. A walkie-talkie. I'm getting a severe drought. Cool block skateboard. I'm getting melted ice caps. A killer heat wave. A shrinking glacier. I'm getting a devastating flood. Adults are generous. We're even giving kids global warming. But it's not too late. We can still reduce greenhouse gas pollution. Go to fightglobalwarming.com. Brought to you by Environmental Defense, the Robertson Foundation, and the Ad Council. At VIC, the voice of Ithaca College, we prioritize diversity and inclusion. We are working to ensure that more voices are heard. More voices are heard. More voices are heard. We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement and victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We've heard you. We support you. We advocate for change. Black Lives Matter. We're back for everyone's favorite part, fantasy football. <laughs> Obviously, Liam wasn't here last week, so he wasn't able to participate in the uh, competition we usually do. But uh, I'll start off this one. Uh, last week, didn't really have a good week for me. Had a couple injuries, had a couple uh, bad weeks from players. I only got uh, 168 points, mainly because Rob Gronkowski did get hurt, yep. and I wasn't able to pick someone else. Just a tough week for the kids. <laughs> yeah, I, I finally got out of got into the win column here then, if, if that that's the case uh 179.6 i just had a lot of guys break out uh derrick henry was big both my quarterbacks taylor heineke shout out to him 28 points uh just you gotta love it yeah well who you guys starting this week max uh for this week uh for my two qbs i have uh we were just talking about uh him in this offense and how cincinnati doesn't have a defense to compete with him i have aaron Rodgers. his last three outings he's put up at least 20 points and against cincinnati defense i expect much of the same they made a struggling uh, Trevor Trevor Lawrence look like Russell Wilson last week on Thursday Night Football, so I can only imagine what Aaron Rodgers looks like against that defense. And uh, my second quarterback, uh, I also talked a little bit about him earlier. I'm my most exciting guy to watch this week, Trey Lance versus Arizona. I'm all in. I'm all in this week uh, against the undefeated team. The story is there. 
does Trey Lance has got to write it. And I think Trey Lance is going to write it. I think he's going to answer the bell. I think Kyle Shanahan is beyond stoked to start his his era with Trey Lance as his starting quarterback. And what better way to do it than to take out the last undefeated team? going to be a lot of fun. In the division, too. Well, for QBs, I got my guy Dak Prescott against the Giants. Nice little divisional matchup. And I think this should be a pretty easy week for Dak. Um, he's been lights out at the quarterback position for the Cowboys lately. And uh, I also got uh, Liam's guy that you said mentioned earlier, Sam Darnold against the Eagles. The Eagles have no They're not cornerbacks good. at all. The they, Eagles are not good. <laughs> they allow all receivers to get plenty of catches, plenty of yards, plenty of touchdowns, and the Eagles have not shown me anything yeah. this year. So I got Dak Prescott and Sam Darnold. Uh, I also took Dak because uh, the Giants, Dak's Dak. He's been great so far. I love what I've seen. So I, he's he's my first guy. And then my second guy's Aaron Rodgers against the Bengals. We talked about him. He's going he's gonna to hammer this defense. So not, not much to say about that. I'll go right into the running backs. I love this pick right here because he went off last week. Finally, Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. They fed him the mm-hmm. ball last week. The, the 50-yard touchdown was great. The, the, the rushing touchdown at the end of the game was great. He was agile, moving back and forth. I like what I've seen from Saquon. Then my second running back is 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 the king, Derrick Henry. I mean, yep. Are you kidding me? He gets the ball. He gets the ball like thirty five times. Julio's out. AJ Brown's banged up. Just they just. He, I guarantee you, he'll have thirty carries this week. For sure, as especially I have. I carried him this week as well. I think I've carried him the last three weeks. I mean, why why um, won't you? This is pretty self explanatory against Jacksonville's defense that's got a lot going on themselves internally right now with <laughs> the Urban Meyer controversy, which I think is being a little blown out of proportion. But uh, you I know, agree. it's a distraction nonetheless, and they're they're limited limited defensively anyways. And the status of the wide receiver uh, core this week for Tennessee is still unknown. So I'm sticking with the last king this week. And uh, my second running back, uh, how about Cordell Patterson? Uh, as my weekly Jets pick has put up 24, 16, and 35 in the last it's three so weeks. It's say running back. Yeah, right? Number 84. Right, as number 84. <laughs> Ty Montgomery's a ch- trendsetter, Honestly. but Cordell, allow Cordell Patterson to run up him. <laughs> but uh, he's, com- he's becoming a real weapon in that uh, Atlanta offense, seeing 20 targets in the passing game in the last three weeks, and oddly enough, the same amount of carries. Uh, and against the Jets, I expect that to be emphasized a bit more. Yeah, so my running backs, I got the King against the Jaguars. Enough said. Then I got Leonard Fournette against the Dolphins. Nice, I like that. I've been loving this playoff Lenny. He's been <laughs> finally coming back a little bit after the first two weeks. So it was, wasn't really doing that much with that offense, but I think they're actually. I think he's transitioning to the RB one sort of style. He gets more most of the catches, more more carries in Rojo, and I, I'm loving love what him and Brady have been doing lately. Yeah, I think he should get the ball the most in that offense. Mm-hmm. Um, for receivers, we mentioned earlier DJ Moore against the Eagles. Sam Darnold loves feeding him, and they should. He's the most talented receiver on that team. Then my second receiver, Terry McLaurin. Scary Terry is a dog. He is so good at football. I love watching him. Heineke loves him. I love him. <laughs> my third receiver, uh, Stefan Diggs. Uh, I have I picked the Bills here, so I gotta I gotta stick to to my gut. And Stefan Diggs, he's Josh Allen's guy. I think it's a big game in order for the Bills to win this game. Uh, Sunday night game. Yeah, uh, you guys can call me for a reach-in foul here if you would like, but my my first wide receiver kicking off the week is Corey Davis versus Atlanta. Stop. Uh, <laughs> Love it. The the Jets were able to show last week that if they play a bad enough defense, they can actually get get their run, uh, their offense going and really sling the rock all over the field. Zach Wilson actually looked really, really good last week, which I was fairly surprised about coming off his this two weeks prior to that. But this is what we expected from him. 
And like, like I said, if you're facing a bad enough defense, the Jets actually can move the ball a little bit and pass the uh, pass the ball down the field. Corey Davis had a great week in their air attack, and I see another one ahead ahead of him. Uh, for the Jets are, who are across the pond this weekend, yes, so I'm, I'm excited to 9, see that. 30 a.m. Yeah, <laughs> um, and so my second receiver uh, matching with a Rod. Like I said, we talked about this duo already. Devontae Adams versus Cincy. Who is going to guard him? I love Aaron Rodgers this week, and whenever somebody loves Aaron Rodgers, uh, they should just as much love Devontae because I, they they don't have one without the other. And like I said, the Bengals don't have the personnel to stop that air attack. And my third one is Justin Jefferson versus uh, the Detroit Lions. The Vikings are on an uh, are an offense that can absolutely ex- absolutely expose the uh, Detroit defense, and if they do, best believe Justin Jefferson will have a big part in that. So that, those wrap up my receivers this week. Yeah, so uh, I got DJ Moore against the Eagles, like you said, uh, Liam. Um, Sam Darnold, him just from flying yeah. the ball. I got. I also got Justin Jefferson against the Detroit Lions. He's been 80, 80 yards a game, touchdown a game, just like Thielen. It goes back and forth. And then I also got DeAndre Hopkins against the 49ers. I think this is the week that Kyler's going to find him in the end zone. Like He hasn't really been finding him lately. Yeah, I like Rude. that. For, uh, for tight ends, I got uh, Kyle Pitts. <laughs> I think he has his breakout game with no Calvin Ridley. Second one is Mark Andrews against the Colts. Ravens, Mark, that's Lamar's boy. Yeah, I also have Kyle Pitts, uh, another weekly Jets pick. Uh, no Calvin Ridley in this one also means that Matt Ryan is going to need a new safety net for the game, and the best person in this scenario is Kyle Pitts. And then my second one, uh, filling in for Gronk again this week, uh, Cameron Break. I think Cameron Break gets in the end zone for Tampa this week. Uh, no Gronk again and depleted Miami team. They'll be able to use him the same way that they use Gronk in the red zone, and I think Brady will find him down there. Right, and then uh, my tight ends I got. Like I said earlier, Big Bob, uh, Big Bob Tunyon against the Bengals. I think he's going to have a huge day. And I got Mark Andrews against the Colts. And then for the kicker, I got uh, Daniel Carson, Carlson on the, of the Raiders playing the Bears. I think they're going to have trouble finding the end zone. And then I got New England Patriots for the defense for the Texans. It's defense and special teams. Remember that. They're, yeah. they're going to get some special team points. For my kicker, I got Cro- Mason Crosby against the Bengals. And my defense, Broncos versus Steelers. Uh, for my kicker, I have uh, Matt Prater versus uh, San Fran. I think the car- Cards have a tough week offensively ahead of them, which means that Matt Prater might end up being their main source of points. And we've seen that they're not afraid to put him at any distance, uh, 60 yard field goal, 68 yard field goal. And then uh, one uh, for my defense, I have uh, New England versus Houston. They made Zach Wilson look awful, and I can only imagine how Davis Mills will look. All right, thanks for listening. This is our this is our show. We every Saturday at 8 a.m. and we'll see you next week. See you next week, everyone.